Welcome to Women Read Scripture. I'm your host, Mariana Richardson. And I'm Drew Huffaker. This year, we're going to be studying the Book of Mormon, and we just can't wait. We are so excited about this wonderful year of study. We are also today talking about the introductory material. Now, the introductory material is oftentimes a part of the Book of Mormon that we don't spend a lot of time on. But we're hoping, hoping, but we're hoping this week that you will spend some time reading those wonderful pages. The introductory section is important because a lot of times we just want to start right away with 1 Nephi. Just like if you're going out running your errands, you're thinking about all the things you need to get done, but sometimes it's important to think about the why. And so as we begin, we want to start with the title page. And as you know, the title page is at the very beginning part of the Book of Mormon, and it is the very last entry that the prophet Moroni made in the Book of Mormon before he sealed up the plates. And it's, it's critical that we understand the why of the Book of Mormon. And as we were preparing for this um, first podcast, I started to think about if I were out in the middle of nowhere by myself and I had one last record I could leave for my family and friends or for those that would be coming in the future, I thought about what I would want to say. And as I thought about that, I thought, first of all, I would want everyone to know how thankful I am for our Heavenly Father and all that He and His Son have done for me. They've been there for me through the hard times, the sicknesses that I've had, when I felt sad, when I've had joy and I wanted to share that with someone and be express that gratitude to them. They'd always have been there for me and my family. The second thing I would want them to know is how grateful I am that families can be together forever. And because of the atoning sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that is a possibility for us that we can be families forever. And the last thing I would want them to know is to point them to Jesus Christ. That has been the purpose of my life, is to come to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him. And so I would want to express that too in my last final letter. And I think that's interesting as we look at what Moroni wrote as his final message. Those are three similar things he pointed out in his record. So he says in the title page of the Book of Mormon, he says that there's three main purposes for the Book of Mormon. And those three purposes are first, to show unto the remnant of the house of Israel what great things the Lord hath done for their fathers. So just as I was saying that I would want to say all of the wonderful things that, that God had done for me in my life and how I had been blessed, that's what he's wanting to do. Second, that they may know the covenants of the Lord and that they are not cast off forever. And when you think about that, when I shared that I would want to be sealed to my family forever, that is a covenant and it is through getting on that covenant path and following it and enduring to the end. That's how can become families forever. And finally, to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ. And that would also be my final message to those that would come after me. And I love that those three things are why we have the Book of Mormon. The main 
reason is to point people to Christ. And that goes right along with why we call it the Book of Mormon. I wanted to spend just a moment and talk about the name Mormon. We have some interesting insights, specifically in 3 Nephi, chapter 5, I'm reading verses 12 and 13. And this is Mormon talking about his name. And behold, I am called Mormon, being called after the land of Mormon, the land in which Alma did establish the church among the people. Yea, the first church which was established among them after their transgression. Behold, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I have been called of him to declare his word among his people, that they might have everlasting life. Now, Mormon was given the name Mormon because of the waters of Mormon. And if we turn to Mosiah chapter 18, I'm looking specifically at verse 30, we have this other insight into the waters of Mormon. And now it came to pass that all this was done in Mormon, yea, by the waters of Mormon, in the forest that was near the waters of Mormon, yea, the place of Mormon, the waters of Mormon, the forest of Mormon. How beautiful are they to the eyes of them who there came to the knowledge of their Redeemer. Yea, and how blessed are they, for they shall sing to his praise forever. So the word Mormon is where, here in the Book of Mormon, people came to the knowledge of their Redeemer. But also the Book of Mormon now becomes a place where all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people can come and read and also come to their Savior, Jesus Christ, as well. Now, we also have talked a lot, Drew, about how important it is that we are witnesses of the Book of Mormon. Yes, it is powerful. Any kind of a witness is powerful because I can tell you something happened to me, but if there was no one there to tell the story or to witness that story, it's you don't know how true it is. If I go fishing and I tell you my fish was this big and really it was this big, who was there to witness and to say for sure what had happened? So um, it's, we, and when we start thinking about the witnesses of the Book of Mormon, imagine Joseph having to carry the burden for several years that he had plates. They were ancient records. They were given to him and shown him by a prophet. I'm sorry, the prophet Moroni, now as an angel, he had come and shown him where they were. He had told them about them. He had been translating the Book of Mormon. And so he had been carrying that burden and that story, telling people about it for years. And now finally he was going to have the opportunity to have other witnesses who could also bear witness of his divine mission and what he was trying to accomplish. So there are two different groups of witnesses. There is three witnesses and there's a group of eight witnesses. And when you look at these different accounts, it's very interesting how different they are. The first three witnesses, and they were Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris, they were actually shown the plates by an angel of God. And the voice of God testified that they had been translated by the power of God. So they were given a divine visitation to show them the plates. They could see them. They knew for sure from an angel of God and from hearing the voice of God 
that they were true. So that was very much a spiritual witness that they received. The other eight witnesses, they are Christian Whitmer, Jacob Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr., John Whitmer, so all of one family, Hiram Page, who was a friend of the Whitmer family, Joseph Smith Sr., Hiram Smith, and Samuel Smith, who were brothers of Joseph. And so they made up the eight witnesses. The thing that was different here is there was no angel to show them the records. They were shown the plates by Joseph Smith and they were able to touch them. It says they hefted the plates. They were able to look at them and they testified and bore witness that they had the appearance of being an ancient, an ancient record. And also they had the appearance of um, an ancient work. So they knew that they had a physical witness. They could see Joseph actually did have an ancient re record on plates. And so that was their testimony and their witness that this was physically um, proof to them that he was telling the truth. So by the account of these two groups of witnesses, one were more spiritual, one was more physical in nature, he was finally able to have 11 other people testify to the truthfulness of the work of the Book of Mormon, that it had divine origin, and that he did not have to carry that burden alone anymore. I also love the fact that we also, in the eight witnesses, see two families. We have four of the Whitmer family, we have three of the Smith family, and then of course Hiram Page, who was a friend to both. And so when I look at that in terms of witnesses, I think about how important it is that as families, we also become witnesses of the Book of Mormon. I also wanted to go to the introductory pages, the introduction. Now, this was written by Bruce R. McConkie in 1981. It was added to the Book of Mormon. But I did want to just point out a couple of things at the very end, because when we talk about an invitation, about what it means to really gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon, we have a wonderful part here to teach us what we need to do. First of all, it says we invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, but just reading its pages is not enough. We must also ponder in our hearts the message it contains, and that's still not enough. And then we must ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, if the book is true. Now, it's interesting because if we do those steps, then we also have a promise. And it says, those who gain a divine witness, we will gain a witness of three things. The first is that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. The second is that Joseph Smith is his revelator and prophet in these latter days. And finally, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom once again established on the earth, preparatory for the second coming of the Messiah. So these are basically wonderful introductory steps as we go forth this kind of this year studying the Book of Mormon that we think about, am I reading, am I pondering, am I also praying to gain that divine manifestation? The other thought that I had was President Nelson recently in 2017 
talked about the preciousness of the Book of Mormon. And he asks us, what would our lives be like without it? He says, my brothers and sisters, how precious is the Book of Mormon to you? If you were offered diamonds or rubies or the Book of Mormon, which would you choose? Honestly, which is of greater worth to you? And I guess we can ask ourselves that, especially when we talk about our time. You know, what is of greatest worth in terms of our time? Are we spending the time we need to, to really gain the truths that are here in the Book of Mormon? Absolutely. And another thing, it's one thing to know. We can know and read, but the spiritual witness has to be there as well. And so we have to apply the precepts of the Book of Mormon. And that's how they come to, it becomes alive to us when we apply those principles and see them and that power working in our lives. So I love that idea that we have to put the effort forward, don't we? That we study oh, every week, every definitely. day, and try our best to um, come to know it and then ask if it's true. We also need to talk about another witness that we have here on these introductory pages, and that's the testimony of the Prophet Joseph Smith himself. We have this wonderful testimony of the Prophet Joseph Smith where we have his experience that happens, I now we sometimes call it Moroni Day, on September 21st, 1823. And yes, it just happened recently, our 100th celebration but um, 200 celebrations, <laughs> yeah. sorry, it's been, you know, time flies by fast, <laughs> what can I say? That's right. But the one thing that I thought was interesting was it took four years of preparation before Joseph Smith was ready to finally have the Golden Plates, the Book of Mormon. But when he was given it by the angel Moroni, the angel Moroni gave him a little bit of a warning. And he said, um, told Joseph Smith that he should be responsible for them and that if Joseph should let them go carelessly or through any neglect of his, that he would be cut off. And that if I would use all my endeavors to preserve them until he, the messenger, should call for them, they, meaning the Book of Mormon, should be protected. Now, I thought this was really interesting when he talks about how Joseph was told that as he received the Book of Mormon, that he could not have this carelessly or neglected, and I thought about us and the way we treat the Book of Mormon. Are we careless in our use? Are we neglecting it in our lives? Are we studying it the way we should? So as we think about becoming a witness too with our families and ourselves, we should also think about the witness of Joseph Smith and how much he protected the Book of Mormon, and he definitely did not, he was not careless and he was not neglectful, and we can follow his righteous example in terms of how we use the Book of Mormon. You just think of how many people gave their lives to protect this through the years, from the prophets spending all the time to write on plates and to give their lives and to sacrifice, and for Moroni to wander for decades and trying to seal it up and write the most precious things that could help us over a thousand years later. These are very, very special, precious records, and we do need to hold them sacred and not just put them on our shelves to walk by them or pick them up only when we're going to church on Sunday. We need to make sure that we're trying to tell the Lord, first of all, to show him every day we're serious about wanting to come to know the truth 
of all of the things he's trying to teach us, and especially the Book of Mormon, and spend that time every day studying. But I also understand that life happens. I mean, that's the reality. <laughs> yes. And especially when you're talking our busy lives with lots of children, all of those, and no matter what you're doing, sisters, no matter where you are in your life, we understand that mm -hmm. life happens and we have to make a plan to be able to study our scriptures every day or it doesn't happen. I loved President Nelson's talk again about the Book of Mormon because he made lists of things that he learned from the Book of Mormon. He said, first, what would your life be like without the Book of Mormon? Second, what would you not know if you didn't have the Book of Mormon? And third, what would you not have if not for the Book of Mormon? And I love that idea of having lists of different things that you learn as you move forward. You can even put it on your refrigerator, you know, write down part of the lists every day. Um, another idea that I had was Preach My Gospel. In Preach My Gospel, Chapter 5, it's a whole chapter on using the power of the Book of Mormon. And there's a section in there called The Book of Mormon Addresses Questions of the Soul. And I would challenge you to use that individually, but also with your families, to read and study some of those wonderful uh, additional resources that we have as we study the Book of Mormon this year. Were there any other resources that maybe you've used, Drew? <laughs> yes. So, well, as far as study ideas and ways we can study to have a plan, there are many things. How many, how many times have we all started with First Nephi with a brand new New Year's resolution that this is the year we're going to really study? So we start in First Nephi. We get as far as maybe Jacob. We hit the Isaiah chapters, and it's like, okay, I don't have time. <laughs> And so you feel guilty and you go back and you start over. And so reading from front to back is totally fine. But I felt that for me individually, it's helpful to do it a little bit differently. Uh, usually, I sometimes I read it front to back. Sometimes I do it by uh, topic. So if I want to study the atonement and everything I can find on the atonement, I will find the first scripture and I will highlight it, mark atonement in the, in the side of the scripture, just to mark it. And then I will find the next one. And when I go to this next second verse, I will earmark it on the first. I will write the, the next scripture and create a scripture chain so that I can go through all of the scriptures and find all of those references to the atonement. And Russell M. Nelson helped and, and encouraged us a few years ago to go through the topical guide and to look up every scripture that was about the Savior, Jesus Christ, and to mark those and to really focus on how the Book of Mormon points us to him and how can we learn more about him. So that's another way that we could also study the, the Book of Mormon. Oh, I love that. And especially when we think about the doctrine of Christ, mm -hmm. which this, the Book of Mormon, teaches us more fully than any other scripture. The doctrine of Christ has five parts. We have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism, which also includes all of our eternal mm -hmm. covenants, and then receiving the Holy Ghost, and finally, enduring to the end. So another way to, you know, enjoy our scripture study this time is to get a color for each one of those five. 
And as we're reading the Book of Mormon, just underline when we find any one of those. And we had our missionaries in our mission do this. And when they were done with the Book of Mormon, all of their book, books of Mormon were rainbows. <laughs> you know, they were able to just literally go through the Book of Mormon and see how all five of those parts of the doctrine of Christ are throughout the Book of Mormon. I love that. That's a new way to study. Um, another thing that we need to think about is there's one thing that we can do, and that's to learn the stories. We can learn the covenants. We can learn the facts, whose child was whose, what stories happened, and in what sequence they happened. But the important thing is, is that we gain a testimony of the Book of Mormon. And I love in Doctrine and Covenants, section 8, verse 2, it gives us a little bit of guidance and emphasis on this point. And it says, Yea, behold, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart by the Holy Ghost, which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart. So we are supposed to study it out in our minds and in our hearts. And when I think about studying the scriptures in my mind, I think about opening it up, reading it, seeing if it makes sense to me, trying to make the connections of who's who and how does that apply to me, and just thinking about it more in an intellectual way. And then if we're trying to get a witness in our heart, that is when we take the step and we ask our Heavenly Father if the things we are reading are true. And the Holy Ghost will always bear record of truth. So you have to have both to have a testimony. Otherwise, your testimony will just flail in the wind when hard times come. If somebody challenges you on just facts, you will not be able to stand. You have to have a witness from the Spirit yourself. And no one can argue with a, testament, a testimony that you've received by the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, amen. <laughs> I, Drew, I just completely agree. And along with that, I do want to end with bearing my testimony of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. I think one of the things that as women, sometimes we say that um, we worry that maybe the scriptures were written by men and they also have, a, you know, kind of a, a male perspective because of that. I want to bear testimony that I believe 100% that the Savior loves women and that throughout the Book of Mormon, we could gain a testimony of how much the Lord loves us as women. That everything that we read in the Book of Mormon will enable us to be better mothers, wives, sisters, friends. That we will also be more and stronger disciples of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For me, that is the essence of the importance of reading the Book of Mormon. It has helped me throughout my life to be a stronger disciple of my Savior to understand him better, and to also understand what it looks like in my life to make sure that I share that testimony with others. And just like what Drew was saying, we need to have both that mind and heart witness that we need to spend the time to be able to ponder and read, but then we also need to spend the time to pray and to think and to really go to the Lord and ask for his help as we gain that spiritual witness that the words that we're reading are true, but also that the words have a very direct relationship with our lives today.
Thank you for sharing your testimony, Mariana. I am a convert to the church. I joined the church when I was 16 years old, and I was very active in the faith that I had at the time. I went to church every Sunday. I was there for Bible school every Wednesday night. I attended church camps. I did everything I could, and I'm thankful for those times because it taught me a foundation of Jesus Christ. I knew at a very young age that Jesus was my Savior, that he had died on the cross for me, that because of him I could live again. But as I got older, there were some questions that I just could not find answers to. And so I, I decided to start looking. I started talking to more friends. I actually attended five or six different denominations of churches, asking questions, but I still could not find the answers. Finally, when I was 16, there was a young man who was a Latter-day Saint, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he was kind enough to invite me to go to a play with his family, and it was called A Vision of Love, and it was the first, it was um, an account of the first vision that Joseph Smith had, and when I was sitting there, I was sitting there with his family, a large family. I think his three-year-old brother was sitting on my lap. And as they got to the point of Joseph Smith saying, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head. And he shared when he had had the first vision and had seen our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. I was overwhelmed with the Spirit, and I knew that this was true, and I needed to find out more. So I was invited to read the Book of Mormon, and I started reading. And for those of you who may be testing the waters and watching this podcast for the first time, and you have no reference of what the Book of Mormon is, the Book of Mormon is another witness of Jesus Christ, just like the Old Testament and the New Testament um, bears record of him. This is another witness of Jesus Christ. And it's not intended to take anything from the Bible to discount the Bible or any of the other prophecies we have. It's to help clarify and bring more, uh, more of the fullness of the gospel um, together so that we can see the full picture. And this is the record of those who lived in the Americas in ancient times. So I love that from all parts of the world we have witnesses of Jesus Christ. And by reading the Book of Mormon, especially when I got to 3rd Nephi and I read the account of Jesus Christ coming to the Americas after his resurrection and testifying and loving those people who had also looked for Christ to come, he went to the sheep that were of another fold to testify and show and to heal and love them. And it was then that I gained my witness of the Book of Mormon. And I know for a fact for myself, through the witness of the Spirit, that it is the Word of God. And I'm so grateful for the Book of Mormon. Drew, thank you so much for that beautiful testimony. I think each one of us needs to and hopes to gain that same divine witness during this year of study. Sisters, we want you to know that we love you. We think you're wonderful. And we hope to see you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks.